and welcome to this episode of Chats with Shim, the fun and informative podcast with amazing topics and I am the host, 11-year-old Shane from Ireland and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Do you? And also the orientation, that is, where is the sun in relation to the layout of the garden? Very important. For instance, if you're planning somewhere that you might want to sit out and have a barbecue and that, well, then you want to think of uh, the west, putting that where the western evening sun will get it, which is the time most people would be having a barbecue in the evening. Today, I chat with my granddad once again about gardening, who tells me... Loads of advice on how to garden for gardens big and small and different plants he likes. I hope you enjoy. So my first question is, when did you start gardening? Well, I suppose I started with my father. Uh, He would have me gardening when I was young. But really, my interest wasn't uh, sparked until I got my own house here in, in Rochestown and it came with a large garden, so um, it was at the time that we moved in, which is many, many years ago, uh, there was very little in it. It was just a big one, and then there was a, a wire fence and a horse. Now, I'm talking about a half an acre, which is very unusual. It's huge size, really, not the typical size of a garden. That I just had to decide to do something, and I began to garden from then, and I really enjoy it. Yeah, so that kind of answers my next question, which was, um, did you always have an interest? Because I was wondering if you were kind of interested when you were um, small. No, I can't say I was really interested. I had one kind of interest, but it wasn't stripping. It was maybe, maybe commercial in the sense that I grew up, as I told you before, in Ennis, and my father had quite a large garden, and he grew strawberries. And during the summer, myself and my two brothers, we would pick the strawberries in the morning and then take them into town and sell them to shops and so on. And my father allowed us to keep a good percentage of what we got uh, as pocket money. So we had a very good summers as a result of that. And you had, you had to get up early to pick the strawberries, get them into the shops early. And then you had the rest of the day free. And you know it was great to have pocket money in those days. It wasn't as easy to have as it is maybe now when there was no kind of established... Uh, right to have it uh, I won't say right but you know that expectation for children that they would get pocket money in those times things were much tighter financially for everybody then but that was that was kind of it was not strictly gardening but it was uh, introduction to the value of gardening if you like of certainly a vegetable fruit gardening yeah and um why do you like gardening so much I think it gives me great pleasure it's kind of a therapy particularly when you're when you're working, it's lovely to go into the garden and it's, it's exercise. It gives you when you've done some gardening, then you can stand back or sit down and look at it and it gives you satisfaction. Uh, I love the uh, the look of it then, and particularly in the summertime when you can get the benefit of seeing the flowers and shrubs uh, and blossom and so on. It's uh, there's so many aspects to it to a garden. It looks lovely. It has, produces lovely sounds because it encourages birds and so on. Uh, and you can have you know, so many aspects to it, and you can have wildflowers as well, which encourages the bees and the butterflies and so on. There's so many aspects to it. it also, of course, you could a vegetable garden. I'm not really into that, but for people who like that, 
then you have the the added value of being able to get maybe potatoes or onions or whatever you plant and see them grow and uh, be able to eat them and use them. So I think maybe in the future, given what we've experienced just recently, or are experiencing with the COVID lockdown, that I think there might be a return to more vegetable gardening. But it's not something I do really. I have some fruit all right, but not a lot. Yeah, and can you tell me a bit more about the wildflowers you were talking about? Yes, wildflowers are getting very popular now. As uh, You can combine. You just don't have to have one thing in the garden. For instance, you could have an area of lawn and you could have an area of wildflower, depending on your size of garden. And the wildflower garden, you have to plant it with the proper wildflower seed. Particularly, you want to get make sure the seed you buy, don't go to any of the just supermarket seeds. With due respect to them, you want to get seeds of Irish wildflower that will thrive in Ireland that are native here and they produce a lovely uh, effect you don't have that much maintenance on it you do have to cut it at least once a year and take away what you cut so it's not something you just let wild really that's not quite true because brambles and um, odd things nettles and ducks will take over if that happens so you do have to have a bit of maintenance but it's minimal and it's uh, very good for nature and for uh, say for encouraging bees and birds get uh, seeds out of the things like some of the wildflowers so you you can really uh, get a lot do a lot of good for nature and for the environment by an area of wildflowers the more you can plant the better but you know that will depend on the size of your garden yeah and um yesterday you were telling me that um the bees and the um, butterflies that they're kind of going a bit extinct. Can you um, tell me a bit more about that? Yes, please? I mean, they are because people are using, unfortunately, many farmers use a lot of these pesticides and herbicides and so on to uh, stop weeds and to stop uh, and for the, their crops. But they're, the bad uh, the outcome from that is that they find a lot of bees are suffering now that their population is declining and bees are hugely important to pollinate and to spread uh, the growth of all plants and shrubs and so on and, and, and of crops. Uh, as well as that, the butterflies also have suffered. But if you can plant wildflowers, that certainly helps. Or, and then there are certain shrubs that, uh, that the bees and the birds, uh, at least the, the butterflies like, like budley and so on. So you can plant some of the, uh, these plants as well that are attractive to the wild to the bees and the and the butterflies and people are doing that and the delight of seeing lovely multicolored butterflies in your garden is just lovely so yeah not, and not just the budleys but the things like catmint and salvia there are lots of things daisies and so on that attract the bees and and the butterflies yeah and would you um would you yourself like a very colorful garden Yes, I like uh, I like garden with f flowers, not too many because they require a lot of work. I'm not that much in, but I like more uh, small shrubs or shrubs of varying sizes, you know, things like azaleas and rhododendron. And there are so many shrubs have different colouring, so you don't have to, uh, there isn't as much work associated with, say, planting shrubs as planting flowers. Uh, there's not as so much weeding to be done and so on. And you can get, the, and a lot of the shrubs are evergreen. They stay with a lovely color all winter. So uh, you get greater satisfaction from the visual aspect of the garden when it's in full bloom, particularly in the summertime. 
Yeah, and what are some of the um, challenges um, that you may face when you're gardening? Well, I suppose the first one, you know, if you plant a lawn, then you've got to cut it. Unless it's a wildflower meadow, that's to say you only have to cut that maybe once or twice a year. Uh, so there's always work to be done in the garden. It's a bit like a house. You're never finished. You're, there's always work. But it's satisfying and it's nice as to sit back and look at it when you're finished. But there is work. Weeding mainly is the thing you have to do and uh, cutting your grass or whatever and then shrubs might have to be cut back you know certain they'll get out of shape if they get too big uh so you've got to then dispose of the cuttings and that now it's uh, you can put these uh, green garden cuttings into a uh, the compost bin that'll take away if you have one so that uh, is a help people before had to have a pile of compass in the garden you can make your own compass if you want but you don't have to do it uh you can just put them into the bin and be taken away by the councillor your bin provider whoever so but that there is work in the garden but it's satisfying work yeah and what are some of the different types of gardens well i say there are different types you can have the if you like uh, that we mostly know of, like a lawn, which is kind of a decorative garden. You can also have a hard landscape garden. If your garden isn't, if your area isn't very big, you might decide that there's too much work in cutting grass and uh, tending shrubs. So you can put down things like gravel or paving slabs uh, and have more, uh, less maintenance. And then you can put shrubs in amongst that too, or flowers in limited amount. But the effect would be that you wouldn't have uh, a soft landscape of, of uh, a lawn. I say then you could have the wildflower garden. You could have a, a vegetable garden, another garden that you don't see a lot of, but a herb garden. And that's a lovely thing. And even I would recommend uh, that... Uh, you, know, you can combine these if your garden is big enough. You can have some lawn, you could have some hard areas that you might say put a table and chairs that you can leave there all, all year round. Uh, you might have a small herb garden. That's something children would also could, could take on as a little project to have. A, you don't have to have a very big area for herbs. And they're very useful. They're lovely scents and perfumes for them. And they're also useful then for cooking thyme and coriander and mint and so on can be useful. So, you know, there are whole aspects of garden and of lawns and obviously play areas for, um, for children is another benefit from having a garden. It's a lawn that's usable for, for children for their play. So there's so many aspects to the garden. It depends, I say, on, your, on the size available to you. And also the orientation, that is, where is the sun in relation to the layout of the garden? Very important. For instance, if you're planning somewhere that you might want to sit out and have a barbecue and that, well, then you want to think of uh, the west, putting that where the western evening sun will get it, which is the time most people would be having a barbecue in the evening. So that, that uh, planning your, your garden in relation to its orientation to where the sun rises and and where it's uh, at its height and where it sets and so on. Particularly if you were, say, having fruit along a wall or something like that, then you want ideally have it on a south-facing wall if you were growing a vine or something like that, uh, or some raspberries or black currants or something along the wall. You can you combine those with other shrubs. They fit in fairly well, and you get uh, the benefit of having fruit. 
Yeah, um, we we don't have much fruit trees. I think we have many. Sorry, we have some apple trees. Oh yes. But um, can you tell me what, if you can choose, is your favorite type of garden? I suppose I I, I would like a bit of the mixture because I'm lucky that, as I say, I have a large garden, and uh, that would be um, to mix. You know, some uh, a decorative garden with like flowers and shrubs. Some wildflower. I'm not to say into vegetable gardening, but I'd like to have a, a herb garden if I had a little more time to work on that. Uh, for instance, in Spain, you often come across the Moors were great gardeners, and they produced scented gardens. These were gardens where they they worked on the idea of, of choosing shrubs and flowers that would give out a scent. Now that's a very exotic type of garden, but you can just plant some plants that give out nice flower, nice smells. For instance, if you were talking about a barbecue area, you might, beside that, put something like night-scented flock, stock rather, which gives out, a, when the dew comes on, it gives a lovely smell in the evening. So there are a lot of possibilities, but I suppose I'd like more decorative garden. And that's what I have. And uh, I, another aspect of gardening is visiting gardens. A lot of gardens are open to the public both here in Ireland and in other countries, in England particularly, in Scotland, Wales, the lovely gardens that, you know, give an added interest when you're travelling. Yeah. Um, and I know that you're, an, well, you were an architect, but is one of your favourite things to do in the garden, this is just a guess, um, designing the gardens? Yes, I like doing the layout of them when you're do, designing a building or a school or something like that, doing a bit of gar- laying out uh gardens all very satisfactory i always liked uh, the fact that you could plant trees that would grow you know when you when you design a factory or a school or something that you'd have a large area so you can put in big trees like beeches and oak and ash and that and you think that these will probably long outlive the building you've built because you know buildings become obsolete even schools and over time might be replaced but these will be an addition to the environment because of the good they do to the environment and that they'll, they'll endure long after maybe the building has gone and long after you're gone. So I think uh, opportunity, I always love the opportunity of planting trees. Now, where flowers and shrubs are nice, but they don't last that long, whereas trees are, are so important to the environment and to, and to the climate and to defeat climate uh, change that we... Um, uh, you know, planting them as uh, as an architect always gave me great satisfaction. Yeah, and do you have any ad- any advice for someone with a small garden, maybe that doesn't really have much time or that lives in an estate? Yes, I think that you you have to cut your cloth to suit, as you say. You, a the area isn't great, and B uh, you won't have the time. So think carefully about what you want to use the garden for. Have you you know? As, say if you have a young family then they'll want to play in it so you want a lawn obviously but maybe over time you might change some of that into more hard landscape think of where you want to sit and take the sun uh, so that you can do that then I wouldn't be too ambitious to try and do too many things if you have a small garden but you could always do a bit of you know plant fruit trees along a wall or have a, um, uh, so that you could have some uh, benefit in terms of getting food but having a vegetable if you're big enough a small vegetable plot you don't have to have a big one or 
put a small little greenhouse in to get maybe tomatoes. Don't be over ambitious. There are plenty of very good books and there are plenty of TV programs showing you how to lay out a garden and to get the maximum benefit from it and to not you know, burden yourself with too much time because a lot of people wouldn't have the time to do a lot of intensive garden because of weeding and cutting and so on and so forth. So make the garden um, you know, suit your, your, um, your needs, but also your available time to work in it because it is time time demanding. Yeah, I understand that, but um, what about some people that may be a bit impatient with gardening? <laughs> yes, it's not it's not a, for everybody. I have very good friends who just uh, don't garden. Maybe uh, maybe one of them likes gardening. Maybe the, the, the wife likes gardening. The husband mightn't. He might prefer to be playing golf or doing something like that. Well, if if one person is able to do it, or some people might be able to employ a gardening company to come in and do uh, tend to their garden once or twice a week in the summer and less so in the winter. Uh, you know, you have to accept that not everyone is, is going to be a keen gardener and uh, they don't want to be uh, feeling it's a noose around their neck or a source of, 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 if you like, domestic conflict because the wife is saying to the husband, why don't you go out and cut the grass? And he said, oh, I'd rather go play tennis or play golf or go for a walk or something like that. So you, you must make sure your garden isn't going to be a source of domestic conflict. So you have to be, uh, if, if neither partner is keen to do it, then you may be best to put in a hard surface, as I say, you know, that, that, um, like gravel or paving or something like that and you, that that reduces the amount of maintenance you have to do in the garden area particularly in small gardens yeah and would you have any advice for someone with a big garden as i say i think you if you yourself uh, you might uh, you know, get a garden designer to advise you because they have seen they would, you know, be able to take in a lot of the aspects I've talked about there. For instance, about to asking you what you what use you're going to make of it. If it's a big garden, how you want to lay it out, how much time you have for maintenance on it, and they will come up with very creative ideas. And you mightn't have, and a lot of people I only learned about shrubs and plants over time. But these are people, garden designers, who know know all what's available, and. Uh, what's worth putting in and be careful to not put in, say, plants that become invasive, spread everywhere, give you the right kind of advice. And uh, it's like, uh, you know, getting an architect for a house. These are people who whose who profession it is to lay it out and often worth the expenditure uh, of at the very start is to get in a, a landscape garden or to, as I say, look at books by people like Dear McGavin and so on that advise you on how to lay out a garden. So that's what my advice would be from the start if you're if you're not sure how to begin and how to go if you're not a, already a gardener and you have now got a new large garden area at your disposal. Yeah, um, this is kind of a specific question. Are you a big fan of ponds and lakes, small ones? Uh Yes, I like them. The garden uh, water feature is very nice to put in a, in a garden. I didn't mention that already. You're right to bring my attention to that. It can be a lovely thing and also, you know, it can be um, a thing that will attract the birds and that. But you have to be careful, for instance, if, if you have a small child or something like that, you know, you want to be careful 
that the pond is not a, a danger. You can put a wire mesh under the water uh, so you have the appearance of the, the pond and you can have goldfish or so on in it and, or, or decorative water lilies or something like that. It's a lovely feature, but again, you need a little bit of space depending on how, what size of pond you want, but it's nice to have that and sometimes uh, run a little fountain on it so you have uh, the sound of water rippling. The Chinese and Japanese are wonderful about that and in, in their gardens are just not visually beautiful but they've also go for the sense and the sounds that are produced like by water maybe falling and by having birds around and so on so that's another aspect yes that that could add to the interest of your garden yeah and i know that you love um you always fill up the bird feeders and would you recommend for people to get bird feeders oh yes i would i think they're 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 a great addition and a great, great fun. Put them somewhere near your window of the room you use most, whether it's your kitchen or your dining or whatever that you're going to sit at, because they will. It's great to watch them coming and going, and particularly in the springtime when the new chicks are out and that. I think it's it's wonderful. And in the winter time, it can be very essential if the, you know the ground is frosty and feeding is very limited for the birds or the snow on the ground then they can get the bird feeders but you once you start them though you should keep them going because the birds come to depend on it and uh, you just uh, even when you go away in holidays you might have, have to ask somebody just to to uh, replenish whether they're nuts or whatever seeds or whatever you're feeding because birds different birds like uh, different things or fat balls or whatever so yes, I would encourage them. They give they're good for the birds, and I think they're good for us to just look at the lovely colours of nature and the types of birds that come along. Yeah, we actually we used to have a bird feeder, but it um kind of broke. So I think that's something we should get back into. I would agree. Yes, it's well worth the investment. Or if you knew somebody, they might give you a present of one. Yeah, and do you garden a lot or often? I do. I, I, I see it as exercise. For instance, a lot of my friends now would go for walks as their form of exercise. And I say, well, look, I'd love to, instead of spending an hour or two walking, I, I would prefer to go out and do exercise in the garden. And then I'm, I'm, if you like, killing two birds with one stone. One, I'm maintaining the garden, which I have to do anyway. And two, I'm getting exercise and so uh, I think I would garden quite a lot. And as I, say, I enjoy the therapy, but it's nice as a complete turn off from other things, from watching television or reading the papers or whatever, or from your work when you're a worker to come into your garden in the evening and just work away. And it's very satisfying. Yeah. What are some of your favorite plants? I love um I love uh, plants like the, well, flowers of various kinds, geraniums and so on, uh, dahlias. Uh, I love, but I think, as I said earlier, that uh, shrubs are, are one of my bigger interests, I suppose, and things like azaleas and rhododendron and uh, the magnolias. I love the, the, the flowering uh, shrubs that are uh, easy to get and as well as that the ones that have nice perfume like jasmine philadelphias and these and roses of course are another uh, plant another plant that has lovely smells and is grown wild widely is a lovely one to to put in your garden and doesn't take up that much space either 
Yeah. Maybe growing up against a wall or something like that. Yeah, I love roses as well. And I actually really like tulips as well. Yes, um, they're beautiful. Daffodils are lovely. I love flowers. I like shooting in the, are ones that come out early, like the snowdrops that are one of the first flowers that appear, and crocuses, and then the daffodils. I think they're lovely. You appreciate them because they're early and you know, there's nothing else to compete with them or they're on their own for quite a while and they're lovely. So there are so many aspects to flowers, but they're the ones that I would uh, like best. Yeah. So thank you so much for chatting with me today. I have some great ideas now from that for our um, field that we're redoing. Good, so thank good. you for my inspiration. Um, You're very welcome, Shun. I hope you enjoy your gardening and good luck with it now. I look forward to seeing it when it's uh, developed further. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you liked it, please leave a review or send in a voice message or share it with someone you think would benefit from it or would like it. And as always... Thank you for listening and see you again.